0: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Where Liberty Dwells podcast. I'm your host, Vaughn Hilp, and it's November 4th, and we have no winner yet, which we've been saying for a while, and by we, I mean the general sense a consensus among Americans has been that there there may very well not have been a winner last night, and that is the case. But what can we take away? Clearly, we can't name a president just yet, but what there are some results, and last night was very telling for a lot of different things by numbers and in the abstract, and I'll go over them all today. I want to start with by the numbers, though. So what can we actually look at with the data? Well, where the data went wrong, first of all, is the polls. The polls were, once again, as they were in 2016, disastrously wrong. Many polls had Biden up. In the national poll, for example, they had Biden up by 10, 12 points, 9 points. So tons of different polls up by sometimes double digits. And the national poll or the national uh, vote is currently within around 2 points. I think Biden has just over 50% and Trump is somewhere in the 48 area. And in key Senate races, the, the polls were way off. And what this means is that the, the pollster industry and everyone who is one need to take a serious step back and look at what they're doing and and realize that there needs to be a serious realignment. Um, I, I As a statistician or as a aspiring statistician myself, I, I sympathize with these people, but I want to make known that th- this was a horrible miscalculation again by their by their metrics and something needs to be looked at there and speaking of which Nate Silver he was on ABC last night that man looked like he was nervous because you can tell that Nate Silver for anyone who doesn't know is the creator of 538 so maybe the he's maybe the most famous statistician of the 21st century possibly and but you could tell he the these his metrics did not work, as with everyone else's. And to go along with that, the media, once again, as in 2016 and as they've been doing for the last four years, all their predictions are turning out not nearly as in favor of Biden as they were projecting. And, but honestly, I'm not very surprised by that. But now that it's real and it's happened, we need to take a serious, a serious step back in the media and in the polling industry and look at how they've been so disastrously wrong for two election cycles now. Another takeaways we can look at are: let's look at the numbers that Trump has for minority voters. Donald Trump did better, according to exit polls, by if, if you break down voters by race and gender, he did better in every single category except for white men. He's down five points with white men, but up four points with black men. Up. 4 points with black women which is double he was at 4% in 2016 he had 8% in 2020 and he is completely crushed the, the Hispanic votes this year in terms of his his uh his outreach and he now I think is is at around 38% among Hispanic voters which is what 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 does that mean? What does that mean? It means a couple things that one the this 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 identity politics Narrative that the left has completely and entirely bought into over the last four years and counting doesn't seem to be working as well as they thought, and they can't just pick they can't just paint Donald Trump as the devil who hates all minorities because clearly the numbers don't show that he has had an increase in every category except for the very people that they thought would be the only ones voting for him, the straight white man. I added straight in there just because they always throw it in there as well, and. That is so. It, it just shows how naive, in some ways, I think the left can be, and how much how much of a bubble they're really in. And I'm gonna get to more of this in the abstract sense later on, but I want to continue with these numbers here. Um, another key result from last night is that the Republicans are almost with certainty going to maintain the Senate, which, in a world where Joe Biden does become the president, and Kamala Harris is that tie breaking vote in the Senate, if it was fifty fifty. Uh, a 51-49 majority in the Senate with for Republicans is going to be very, very influential in how the next four years play out. And in the House, the Republicans managed to flip seven seats where no one was projecting anything like that. Of course, the Democrats maintained control of the House, but just those seven seats alone were, were proof, again, that the media and the pollsters have not done their job correctly in, in predicting. Um, and it was, just a, it was overall actually a, a very good night for Republicans. I'm trying to say that objectively, honestly. I'm not even a huge fan of a lot of Republicans because, for example, Mitch McConnell. Uh, I don't. Mitch McConnell is the is the prime example of a politician who spent way too much time in Washington. Uh, yet I have to give him credit where credit is due. He, there was that that race in Kentucky for Senate. Um, Amy McGrath, her campaign spent ninety million dollars campaigning for for Senate there against Mitch McConnell, and he blew her out of the water which I don't know what to make of that other than that they just essentially wasted $90 million. Um, and, and also that places like South Carolina, Lindsey Graham, uh, he, he once again, there was a big, big push in in South Carolina to get him out of office and it didn't work as well. And I think uh, one of the overarching takeaways of the night is that the the left just it could not produce the results they were so confident in making before the election. They had hopes of making Texas blue. That didn't happen. They had hopes of flipping the Senate. That clearly didn't happen. And they even lost seats in the House. And 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 then in the national vote, Donald Trump is within two points of Joe Biden. And what that tells me is that the American people, they have not bought into this blue checkmark Twitter. Ultra left leaning narrative of identity politics and and this, these progressive policies that people are going to be pushing. That's that what is that's what is the mainstream Democrats now. They haven't bought into that, which is it's it's really satisfying to see that play out in the numbers. Um, because now moving into a little bit of the, the abstract here, I it shows me how much of a bubble Twitter really is. And sometimes I feel like I get lost too much in Twitter and I I, I read too much into it, and it makes Someone who who is more conservative leaning like me feel very very alone and in a tiny minority. When in reality, it, that's that's not that's not what America really it is not yet at least. And I I'm thankful for that. Um, but what's concerning is that those people who are in that bubble in that Twitter blue checkmark bubble, they don't see that. And I have anecdotal but very true evidence of that happening even just a couple days ago. I got into another little Twitter disagreement, as they say. Um, there are two two guys who who I who I both know. I've I've met them before. They went to the same high school as I did. They uh, responded to a tweet I had about Kamala Harris's video that came out the day before the election about uh, about uh, equality versus versus equity. And at the end of that video, she says, "This is how we all end up at the same place." You know, the same outcome is what she was referring to. And I simply said that. In a, I even almost misspoke in my own tweet. I said that in the tweet, I said, equality of opportunity is desired in a free society. What I really should have said is that it's necessary for a free society to exist. You have to have equality of opportunity for every citizen of the country, regardless of race, sex, whatever, any immutable char- character characteristics. You have to have that. But equality of outcome, making sure everyone ends up in the same place, whether that be uh, financially or otherwise is a disastrous outcome. And these two guys, they, you know, they, they, they said, uh, you know, you need to shut the fuck up. I'm not, you know, you, you're, you're talking like this doesn't make any sense. One of them said that I can't believe he tweeted this thinking that people are going to agree with him. And that's what's really stopped me. And, and I responded to him. I said that when you guys tweet, like I see their tweets all the time, they have very left leaning ideas. And I, I see their tweets and I think, oh, I can see how people do agree with you. And that helps me better understand people who don't agree with me. And that's the problem. It's that if if these people cannot even fathom the fact that anyone else thinks differently than they do and that there's people out there that don't regard Donald Trump as the devil incarnate, then how are you ever supposed to to have a, a, a meaningful discussion about policy and and where this country is taken from, from where it is now. And I saw this on election night. I saw a friend of mine who I know. She said, I can't wrap my head around how anybody could vote for Donald Trump, but that's the problem. If you can't see that, then there's no hope for you and the rest of the left. And it's very troubling because these people are digging themselves deeper and deeper into a hole they might never come out of. And I didn't even vote for Trump. I voted for Joe Jorgensen, and I'll explain that. The the reason I voted for Joe Jorgensen is because I didn't... Of course, I know she's not going to win. But long term, the Libertarian Party more aligns with my values than either Republicans or Democrats, Um, and I want more than anything for the Libertarian Party to be a viable option in federal elections in the future, and that starts with voting for the Libertarian Party while they're not a viable option. And... So yes, listeners, call it throwing away your vote, whatever you want. But I, I really I look when I decided on voting, I looked at my own values and who I align with, and that's a decision I made. And I think it in I think given time, an maybe an extensive amount of time, we have the Libertarian Party has a shot at eventually becoming a contender in national and federal elections. And that was my goal. But back to my point, I didn't even vote for Trump, and I'm just saying that n- Say Like uttering the words that you can't possibly imagine how someone could vote for him is the whole problem. And and the, these two guys on Twitter they said you know they were like you know you need to shut the fuck up and you need to stop talking and and all that and I'm, and immediately what came to my mind is is Patrick Henry's quote sometimes attributed to Voltaire as well that I wholly disagree with what you say but I'll defend to the death your right to say it. And that's what this country is really about. And I even I even invited one of them through, through DMs to be on my podcast. And, and he responded in a very short and um, uninterested way that he's not interested. And I said, that's fine, man. You know, if in the future, if you ever change your mind, I'm, I'm always open to having a discussion. Because I said, even though we don't agree on anything politically, I think we could still have a meaningful discussion about policy in this country... And, and leadership and where we're going, but of course, he's not interested in that. I have had complete failure in finding someone who's left-leaning to be on the show, and that is not through a lack of trying. I have contacted many individuals that I know who I know are politically uh, active, just on the left, and I've reached out to them and said, would you like to come on the show? I think we could have a good discussion, and I've been shut down every single time, And I I understand. I've said this before that being in front of a microphone and having your words recorded verbatim, where they can be played back and repeated over and over, is scary. But these are—I'm—I'm really only—I was really only targeting these people because I know that they—they have a a, a deep passion for what they talk about in terms of politics, and they don't take it as some sort of a, a you know a game, or they don't take it for granted. So I thought that because they're so active, they'd want to participate, but. Once again, here I am alone in the studio. And I, I also want to address now, like, there was also, there's also this increasing sentiment among people that I'm seeing online that if Trump wins, they don't know what they're going to do. You know, the world's going to end. People are going to die. And I'm going to say right now that if Biden wins, it's not the end of the world. If Joe Biden is the president of the United States for the next four years, it's not the end of the world. But we do face significant challenges. Um, especially because I don't think he will last four years. I think he has early onset dementia, and I think Kamala Harris is likely to become president not through election, but because he t- she takes over eventually, and that would be a bigger problem for the American people. Because in all honesty, Joe Biden is not a radical leftist. I truly don't think he is. But he's also he's certainly not a he's certainly not a a, a bulwark for like moderate uh you know democrats and and moderate left leaning ideas he is i don't want to call him a puppet but he's more so of just a a a placeholder for what's to come the mainstream democratic party the people that were reelected last night Nancy Pelosi Ilhan Omar Rashida Tlaib uh, AOC Kamala Harris is the most left leaning democrat democratic senator, senator and these are the people that are going to abolish the Electoral College, destroy the filibuster, pack the Supreme Court, which means adding more justices. People, a lot of people are getting that wrong. It means that they are willing to expand the Supreme Court to make sure that the conservative majority now is gone forever and just so they can get their, their power back through the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court is not meant to be a, a legislative body or an executive body. They're, they are only supposed to interpret the law as it is written. That is what they were designed to do. And many people on the left are construing that for something way more than it is. Now, I want to mention that I have been very nervous in after this election and and today and watching everything come in because the reality is shops and businesses all over the country are being boarded up in anticipation of mass riots and unrest it, it, with whatever outcome this is i don't want to talk about the possibility of voter fraud i think what donald trump said about last night he came out and made it made a, a short speech and he's at the end of it he said we basically won this election uh, ben shapiro tweeted that this is deeply irresponsible and i entirely agree with him you you this is that's not what you're supposed to do. The, the votes haven't been counted in the exact states you need to win. Do not claim you've won the election because it only sets him up afterwards to say, see, we already won. And here we are now. And they're stealing it from us. Uh, Joe Biden actually said the right thing. He said, I'm feeling good. We're looking like we're going to count every vote and I think we're going to win. That's what you should have said. And I understand that the, the left, in terms of the, the politicians and the media, have set up this narrative that he cannot win no matter what, which may have propelled him to say such a thing. But, And obviously, he's tone deaf to it. But I'm saying if I was in his shoes, I would never have said that we have already won. I want to make sure every ballot is counted in the way that it should have. However, there are some very concerning things that I've heard in the media about the ballots being counted somehow overnight. 136 139,000 ballots were added in Michigan before it was called for Joe Biden and they were all 100% of those 139,000 ballots were for Joe Biden. And I, that doesn't that doesn't make sense to me. I don't know where they're getting this but I I I maybe I have too much optimism, but I like to say I trust our election system enough to have a fair and free election. Um, certainly more so than Donald Trump thinks. But I don't really want to talk about the possibility of election fraud, um, because there really isn't evidence of it yet. Okay. Uh this this election probably will go to the courts. Uh the Trump campaign has said they've have lawyers in every state and they're they're standing by at the at any moment. They've already demanded a recount in Wisconsin, which has also been declared for Biden. By the way, at the time of this recording, um, We've got a couple key states left to decide who will actually become the president of the United States. This moment, uh, Nevada, Arizona, Pennsylvania, North Carolina, and Georgia have not been called, as as well as Alaska. But Alaska will uh, certainly go for Trump. And at this point, uh, Trump is going to need... Obviously, Georgia, North Carolina, and Pennsylvania, which at this moment he leads in, but then he would need one of the two of Nevada or Arizona to win. Meanwhile, Biden only needs either one of Nevada or Arizona, or he could take Pennsylvania on its own, and he could win the presidency. That's where we stand right now. And because of various reasons, these states still have not counted, I I, I don't, I, every state And their election process uh, organizers need to call up the the Floridians and talk to them because Florida did an outstanding job. They had 10, over 10 million people vote in their election. And they had all of their votes counted or nearly all of their votes counted in a way that they could project a winner by like 9 p.m. central time last night and and i heard in georgia there was a, a new york times a headline that there was like a water pipe that burst in a polling place and that set back 50,000 ballots from being counted and uh, pennsylvania said they they they're not even a, they weren't even allowed to open the mail in ballots until yesterday and sometimes even when the polling place is closed so that would that's going to take multiple days to count all of those and that's just a ridiculously slow process that needs to be fixed as fast as possible in my opinion but to get back to what i was saying that I am worried because all of these places are being boarded up. And why is that? Why are they being boarded up? Well, it's because they're they're afraid that that people are going to riot no matter what happens. But I have a sneaking suspicion that it's not because they think that Trump supporters are going to be rioting. It's because they are very afraid of the left-leaning mob and Antifa and Black Lives Matter that are going to be in the streets en masse looting and rioting as soon as there is a, a, a sniff in the right, in the direction of Trump winning. And that's not good. We, how can we call ourselves the, the birthplace of of freedom and democracy when we are anticipating mass unrest after our election? I'm not, That that certainly does not fall all entirely upon the left's, you know, that that's not, that's not entirely the fault of the left in the United States because Trump, Trump has very obviously contributed to that narrative and, that's what's so sad is that we, we can't and we're at such a we're at such a polarizing moment, and this is such a historical moment that it really made me realize that Trump is whether you whether you hate him. With every fiber in your being, which I know many people do, or whether you love him or whether you feel like he's an idiot, but you'd rather have him be president or you feel like it's time to just put Joe Biden in there, even though I don't like him. No matter how you feel about Trump in this election, you have to acknowledge that this is a moment in history and he is a historical figure that will radically change the United States for better or for worse in the future. But right now it's not looking too good. And the polarization in this country is astounding. I mean, look at the Electoral College even. Yes, Biden is up roughly two points in the in the national vote. I'm looking at it now. He has 50.4% versus Trump's 47.9% in the national uh, vote. But this, this Electoral College may very well be 270 to 268, like the slimmest margin it could possibly be. Which, by the way, if any of you saw the World Liberty Dwells Instagram, I predicted a 269-269 split. Which is pretty damn close because so far I've called every single state except for one district in Nebraska. I've called everything correctly so far. So, if you really want to look for some predicting next time, don't go to CNN. Don't go to Five Thirty Eight. Come right here to Weird Liberty Dwells. Um, but in all seriousness, it's it's uh, it's gravely concerning that we've we've reached this point, and i I hope I hope to God that we can sow these divisions. Uh, in a way to really unite us as Americans uh, once more, and there were there were some encouraging things last night pointing in that direction, such as Trump seeing a, a, a huge improvement in minority voting, um, and and also how close the popular vote was when it when it was predicted much much wider in the gap. But there are also some things that point in the other direction, such as the polarity and the already the claims of voter fraud on both sides and um i just want to leave you all with um a message of 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 hope i want to i want to leave on a on a good a good uh footing here and just say that um despite what you hear people on twitter say about how you, you know you you can't stand by and just disagree happily and be friends with somebody who disagrees with you um you you really can uh, the, the the narrative is that anyone who voted for Trump is obviously a supporter of racism and sexism and 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 homophobia, and I can tell you with certainty that's not true. And I don't regard people who, even the most left leaning individuals, I don't regard them as as horrible people. And then I, I don't I don't immediately write them off as people I can never be friends with. Uh, I truly want to start to project this message of unity in the United States. Um, and I think we can do that. And I just want to say that you you can disagree with somebody and be friends with them. Um, but it takes, it, it works both ways. It's a two way road. You gotta be willing to listen and understand both sides, um, and work with them. So with that, I'll be signing off. This has been Where Liberty Dwells. I'm your host, Vaughn Hilp.